Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's finals week in about a quarter of leagues. It's semi-final week in about 60% of leagues. That's the big one. But we're treating it as playoff week number three here on Fantasy NBA Today, a Sports Ethos presentation. SportsEthos.com, Ethos Fantasy BK is for basketball news. Ethos Fantasy BB is for baseball news. Because baseball is around the corner, people. I think it's nine days away now. Nine or ten. Isn't it next Thursday? I don't know. I think it's when the Dodgers start. That's what I graded it off of. Sorry, guys. I'm a baseball fan. I'm not a baseball analyst, necessarily. Although, I think I could analyze it. Worked in it long enough. I'm Dan Bespris. Still, the Iron Man streak continues here on Fantasy NBA Today. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I hope you will do so. Because it's the time of year where we do playoff streaming guides on Twitter. And if you have any questions about it, you can try to hit me up over there. Best place, however, to hit me with questions is during the live YouTube show. Right now, we are still doing a post-show Q&A for anybody in the YouTube chat. So, if you are listening to the show on another other service, I would invite you to come along over on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash sportsethos. But you don't have to. We'll still have this show for recorded channels every day, just like we're doing over on the YouTubes. Quick warning here before we dive into the weekend review. Um, LAUSD, Los Angeles Unified Schools, might be on strike the next three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So there's a chance that I might have to move timing around on some of the stuff we do here. Specifically, when does the YouTube show start? I will do my best, but one of our two children will be home from school doing some uh, iPad learning or whatever the hell LAUSD uh, may have in store. Wee! I know. What fun. All right, let's just dive on in. I got a lot of things to do today. This is one of them, and let's make sure we have enough time to do it the right way. Denver at Brooklyn. We're going backwards through the weekend, everybody. We still got to do a 30-team reset. It doesn't matter that it's playoff time. Everything, of course, during this part of the show, I will try to color with a more rotoy brush. So, you know, if we get to a team like Denver, for instance, since we're opening with this, I thought that might be a good time to mention. They only have a two-game week this week, but we'll talk about that during the streaming part of the show. And if there's something that I think is really important, we'll sort of hint at it. But Denver's intriguing because most of their fantasy assets are guys you would normally hold during a two-game week. It's a crappy two-game week, too, because they go one time the first one time the first five days this week, Wednesday, Saturday. So you can't even, like, ride a nugget until tomorrow and then move on after a Tuesday if they're off for a bunch of time. It's two days off a game, two days off again. That's rough. I will say, to, uh, looking at it from the head-to-head side, KCP, probably not a guy you need to hold uh, in a two-game week, but uh, Jokic, obviously. Jamal Murray's been good enough. Michael Porter lately has been good enough. Uh, and then with Roto, you're, you stick with KCP anyway. Brooklyn hasn't had any changes in the last little bit. It's the same main guys. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, cooling off a little bit here. I don't think it should be a massive surprise that he doesn't, wasn't a f- top five player the rest of the season. His percentages were nuts. 
but he'll be fine. Don't don't worry about it. It's just the kind of the same four guys with Brooklyn right now. And onward we move. Phoenix continues to struggle with fatigue and depth issues. They have none. Suns have lost, I think, three of their last four ball games. Am I getting that right? They lost to the Kings, the Warriors, the Bucks. They beat the Magic, barely. And then now they lost at the Thunder. They've got a big game. Their next game uh, is Wednesday in L.A. against the Lakers. Every game's a big game. Uh, but for Phoenix, they're only a half game up on the Clippers right now for home court in the first round. So Clips are coming for you. Mavs have won two in a row, but, you know, anything can happen with them. Luka's still not back. Warriors have now lost three in a row. No surprise. They're on the road. Happens every damn time. Warriors beat the Bucks. They beat the Suns at home. Everything was coming up rosy. And then at L.A., loss. At Atlanta, loss. At Memphis, loss. At Rockets. They should get this road game, shouldn't they? But then they got the Mavs on Wednesday. That's the end of that road trip. Home for the Sixers, the Wolves, the Pelicans, the Spurs. A lot of uh, home games there over the stretch, although they finish up on the road. We shall see. Whatever, I'm getting off track here. Uh, so Phoenix, they need help. They need KD to get back to cover up the fact that they don't really have a ton of depth. Um, you know, it hurt that DeAndre Ayton couldn't play in this ball game. He didn't go. If he does, they probably win it because Bismack Biombo just sorry, isn't very good anymore. So Chris Paul, Devin Booker tried to basically do it themselves, and Booker almost did it. He had 46 points in the ballgame. CP3 didn't shoot the ball well again. What a weird year for Chris Paul. You know, we have portfolio on guys, and you just figure that over time, percentages will come back to where they've always been. But for Chris Paul, he's just shooting 43% this year from the field and 82 at the free throw line. Super unusual. Everything else is where it needs to be. But because those numbers aren't there, he's a mid to late third rounder on a per game basis. Still, by the way, beating his ADP on a per game basis. But I know personally, I was looking for more. I would expect as many players as humanly possible go for Phoenix in their next ball game. But, you know, we'll see. And then, you know, in the interim here... Uh, Josh Okogie had five fouls in his 21 minutes. He's he's generally streamable while Durant is out. Torrey Craig's been on a crazy blocks tear lately, but that feels ripe to not happen as soon as they hit a team that doesn't get blocked very much, which, I mean, that might be the Lakers. We'll see. I don't trust Torrey Craig. I would prefer Josh Okogie, but frankly, uh, Roto side, I don't know that I'm using either of them. And then head-to-head, -head, they're off for two days to start the week, as we just talked about. Then they go three games in four nights, so that's when you might look at it on that side. But again, I want to try not to get too deep into the schedule stuff while we're going through this weekend review. Oklahoma City, Shea had another 40-burger. Jalen Williams didn't shoot the ball well, but he got his defensive stats. You're not doing anything about it. Josh Giddy, he's uh, tapered off a little bit after kind of a hot run, which, not surprisingly, happened... Uh, partially while Shea was out. And then everybody else is kind of in the, the the blender for OKC. Lou Dort's minutes are relatively safe, but his fantasy value isn't. And then everybody else, nobody's minutes are safe. San Antonio beat Atlanta. Try and try and try again. These Atlanta Hawks, man, they just they cannot get out of their own way. It's been a hugely disappointing year for the Hawks. I don't think there's any other way to 
to paint that. And uh, they lost this one. Okongwu's been solid lately off the bench. Only 20 minutes here, but he's been able to do it in 20 minutes. Trey Young was horrid. Truly horrid in this ball game. And at this point now, there really isn't enough time for Trey to make up any ground. He's ranked number 41 in 9-cat. And it's just going to be a bad year for Trey. We're keeping a watch on whether or not anyone can kind of win the position battles for the Hawks. And it does feel like John Collins is beginning to push himself back out in front of Sadiq Bey. So that's something. Bogdan Bogdanovich just got signed to an extension and one that I don't know that he's entirely worth. But they'll figure it out, I guess. Yuck. For the Spurs, they <sighs> Spurs. I'm so sick of San Antonio, and I said this on Friday's show, and I feel like I'm going to have to say it on every single show. But you just have to grade them out on a game-to-game basis. On the Roto side, nothing has changed for me. Keldon Johnson is still playable. Trey Jones, Zach Collins, Devin Vassell. Those four guys you can still play in Roto. And then head-to-head, I don't even know who you can play. Beyond those guys, because at least in a four-game week, they probably go in three of them. You could even grade it out at like two and a half games for those dudes. But everyone else, including Jeremy Sohan, who tried to play in the previous game and left partway through, he might be dealing with a real injury, but even like even if he isn't, they're not going to play him all that much. He's not particularly roto-y. Devontae Graham is getting days off. Malachi Branham's getting days off. Kata Bates' job is getting days off. There's just no particularly safe head-to-head only streamer kind of guy on that team anymore. Oh, what an annoying team to have to handicap right now. One of the true silly season clubs, San Antonio. Maybe the, the silly season club. Kayla Martin had a better game for Miami, but, you know, that's a big fat who cares. Kyle Lowry was actually decent in his 25 minutes. He was a plus 28 in them, by the way. But that's also kind of a big fat who cares. For Miami right now, they're just, you know, you've got all these timeshares and then Butler, Adebayo, and Hero. And Miami's in a two-game week, so beyond those three guys, you're not touching anybody else. And on the Roto side, I don't think you're touching anybody else either. For Detroit, Jalen Duran exited early with a head injury. He was, quote, woozy, according to Coach Dwayne Casey. I would not expect him to play in either of Detroit's two games this week, but I guess you never really know. James Wiseman steps into a massive, massive value bump with Duran going back down. And Wiseman, I, you know, hard to play in a two-game week. I get it. But if, you're, if this isn't your finals... And by the way, Detroit has a game on Tuesday. So even if you're in head-to-head, you could hold Wiseman through Tuesday's game and then make a call on whatever else is happening here. That's actually what I'm doing with Killian Hayes in one league because he's been putting up some really nice defensive stats and assists lately. Head-to-head side, that's been useful. Roto-wise, I don't. I mean, Rodney Magruder's actually been decent lately, but I don't know that I can truly trust him. We've seen enough of Magruder to know that his fantasy game just vanishes. Corey Joseph, same story. I, I, I don't think that that's a guy you play in a two-game week. I know Marvin Bagley's back, and there's sort of nobody challenging him for the power forward minute, so maybe you look at him if you had him already, but you're certainly not picking anybody up on this club on the head-to-head side. And then Roto-wise, this team is a disaster. Honestly, I don't even know that Wiseman would be a play in Roto in full starters minutes, but he's at least borderline, as is Killian Hayes. 
Uh, but just a lot of players on Detroit that are more head-to-head built. And in a bad week for head-to-head, that means you just sort of don't need to deal with them all that much. New Orleans got a win. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't be such a butthole about it, but they've really struggled. And right now they're the 12 seed. They split these two games in Houston. Those are the ones that I think they looked at and thought, we got to get both of those. But they have the Pelicans coming in now. So this was like the stretch for the Pe- or excuse me, they have the Spurs coming in out to New Orleans. They'll host them. This is the stretch for New Orleans. They have four games in a row against the absolute dregs of the NBA, and they're one and one in them. They've got the Spurs and the Hornets. Must win games for New Orleans. And then things get uh, a little rough. They got the Clippers, the Blazers, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Clippers again, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Knicks, and they finish up with the Wolves. Yikes. Rough go for the Pels after these next two ballgames. In the short term, as long as they keep this starting lineup the same, I think you can play all five of those guys in any format. And um, it's only a three-game week, so I, I don't say that I wouldn't go out and add them right now, but like if you have Trey, Brandon, Herb, Jonas, CJ, whatever, you can just ride them out. Save your roster move. As far as Houston goes, um, Tari Eason, only 10-5 and five with a block in this one. His minutes have, been, have bounced around a little bit lately as the Rockets have been trying to put some good feelings towards the end of their year, and they've kind of done it. You know, they've gone 5-5 five and five their last 10 ball games. They're up to 18. Holy moat. Smokes wins on the year. They have given Detroit some breathing room at the very bottom. And as long as the Rockets are now kind of trying to win to make their season feel less gross, that means that for Eason, it's probably never going to be as perfect as we were hoping it would be like two weeks ago. But Jay Sean Tate is expected to sit in the second half of their back-to-back. So this is kind of the Eason wiggle room. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Let it ride. We also saw Jabari Smith Jr. cool back off after he got hot for two weeks. It looked like maybe he was turning a corner, and I'm not going to give up on him yet. If you've come this far, you can sort of just keep on, keep on going. And for Houston, they have a good schedule here. Back-to-back Sunday, Monday, each of the next two this week, and then next week they've got four gamers. So, you know, hang on if you've got any of these dudes and just ride it out. Milwaukee, they were kind of playing with their food a little bit in this ballgame, and then they ended up beating Toronto. 118-111. Scotty Barnes got hurt. 
early. And that's great news if you have Gary Trent. Obviously terrible news if you have Scotty Barnes. Uh, but for Toronto, it was a bad schedule to start the week. In a three-gamer, without this injury to Barnes, I would have said to move on from Trent. In a three-gamer now with Gary likely back in the starting five, I think you stick with it. The starting five for Toronto right now, basically whoever it is, they're playable in a three-game week. Precious Chu is going to see a bump coming off the bench, but he's, to me, not useful in a three-gamer. For Milwaukee, no news. They're healthy right now, and they are terrifying when they're healthy. 51-20, and and there's really nobody close right now. Just, like, who are you most afraid of? The Bucks. They're a monster. Giannis only took nine shots in this game. Just a monster. Eric Gordon has played his way into schedule stream land for the Clippers. He's been pretty consistent lately, actually. Russ was actually not horrible again. He settled into a better job with the Clippers. Those four turnovers, they do jump out a bit, but nine points, 12 boards, 10 assists, too many, too many shots. I think there's a certain element to like this particular ball game where we're like, oh, hey, Russ was not not terrible. But also, like, just being out there with the rest of that Clippers starting unit can sometimes be enough. Uh, so for Russ, I, I, he's probably playable in points formats. I wouldn't touch him anywhere else. And then the rest of the Clippers things all kind of stay the same. Zubots has held off Plumley. I think we can pretty safely say that. And then with Gordon, at some point, the Clippers schedule is going to get a little bit better. Um they did have a back-to-back over the weekend, so that was a time for it. This week, they have only three games. Two big ones with Oklahoma City. That's also big for the other teams down below. Um, and then the Clippers have a four-gamer next week, so if your season goes that far, that's probably when you start to piddle around in Clippers town. For the Blazers, this is actually a spot where I think we need to just, like, take a second. Um... Because rumors are swirling now about uh, Dame possibly shutting it down. And we know he's going to push back on that with all of his might, but the Blazers are in free fall. They've lost six in a row. They're now three and a half games back of the three-way tie for those last two playoff spots, but they'd also have to jump over the Pelicans and the Jazz just to get into that. Or sorry, the Jazz are actually in that tie to get into that mix. So it's just, it's almost too much. Now they could get hot. You know, anything can happen here. Blazers could go on a little run. They've got a huge game in Utah on Wednesday. They host the Bulls. Then they've got the Thunder, the Pels. So, you know, they do hold a little bit of their fate. But if those games go poorly, and Portland gets to the 29th of this month, when they have a back-to-back against the Kings which there's almost no way they win both of those, that's a time when I would be genuinely concerned. Because if they're still like three games out and they're looking at seven games to go and the first two of those seven are ones that they could very easily lose, that's where you got to be a little bit nervous. Now, what does that mean? Well, for head-to-head, a lot of leagues are going to be over by then or very close to over. For Roto, does that mean Anthony Simons continues to play? Because if so, he'll go nuts. You'll also probably see Cam Reddish get a lot more work if Dame sits out a couple of ball games, because they're going to need someone else that's willing to take shots. Does Jeremy Grant come back at some point here? I honestly don't know. But the guy I'd be looking at and waiting on is Reddish. So just keep an eye on that. Don't do anything now, but 
keep it in the back of your mind. And then the other huge story from Sunday, Austin Reeves, 35 points, six boards and six assists. He has become an absolute wizard at getting himself to the foul line. Um, and I, I'm like, it's crazy. Now, the Lakers had a great schedule this last week, so this was kind of the time to do it. I think you could make a pretty reasonable argument that Reeves is worth rostering even in a three-game week right now and in a Roto League. He's actually pretty good with Roto because his percentages are solid. He's not getting as many steals and blocks now that he's being asked to do more on offense for this LeBron-less unit, especially as teams are now game-planning to try to swarm Anthony Davis. They're just not giving him any room. If he gets the ball inside of about 18 feet, teams are sending bodies at AD. Because they know he's not that great at passing out of the double team. Lakers did an okay job a couple of times in this one of kind of moving the ball around the perimeter, getting it to someone who could start something. But, you know, these games are right now up to the guards for the Lakers because they'll put AD in the pick and roll. They know the defense is going to stick to Anthony Davis and the guard is going to have to get into the paint and make something happen. And the guards that are able to do that for LA are Reeves and D'Lo. Dennis Schroeder is not, elite, not anymore, a little older now. He's not quite built to do that stuff the way he used to, the mid-range stuff. Reeves, of all those guys, has the better mid-range game. Plus, uh, right now Malik Beasley is in just an absolute disaster of a shooting funk, and he's not he's a liability on defense, so he's not going to play if he's not shooting. And the Lakers are also more willing to go to a Wenyan Gabriel Anthony Davis front court. So that's why Vanderbilt's minutes have been trending down. And we've seen this before with Vandy. He just has no offensive game. Um, and Gabriel is stronger around the rim. So if you get that offensive rebound, the Lakers want to be able to have the guy that can just go right back up with it. It's going to, it's going to depend on the matchup a little bit. They needed more Vanderbilt in this game because of Paolo Boncaro on the other side. But even that was not a guarantee. Um, so for LA, Roto, I think you can go Russell, AD, obviously, and Reeves. And head-to-head, I think you probably make the same three plays. And those other fringy guys just don't have enough games this week for me to feel like it's worthwhile. Uh, Jalen Suggs still out with a concussion for Orlando. Their schedule gets a little bit clunkier this week. I expected Gary Harris to sit and I don't think he did. What a jerk. I thought we were going to get a big truckload of Cole Anthony. Now, he actually played relatively well anyway. Uh, for Orlando, three-game week, you're making those weekly calls here. Um, you know, if you have the regulars, you just stick with it, including Cole Anthony on this team right now. All right, it was a relatively busy Sunday. Let's turn the clock back to Saturday. Um, and while you do... This is a this is as good an opportunity as any to remind everybody that we have the baseball draft guide available at sportsethos.com right now. Click on the premium tab and choose get premium. And the reason you want to do it right now is because right now the baseball draft guide is available in the fantasy pass for just $5.99. $5.99. Six bucks, baby. Six bucks. It gets you the baseball draft guide. It'll get you the baseball in-season content and you guys are watching a basketball show right now. I know this. The Fantasy Pass still gets you premium access to our NBA stuff. Meaning, 
and I think this is probably the coolest part, the premium side of the Sports Ethos Discord. The free side, anybody can hang out. It's a fun little community. We post our free articles over there as well, so you guys can get the features. I post these shows when I'm doing them over there. But the premium side, oh yes, chef's kiss, so good. 24-7 Ask the Pros thread. I don't think anybody else on the planet has that going in their premium stuff. And all of that is in the Fantasy Pass for $5.99 for a month. And Andre's watching. He's keeping me honest here. If you want to join a Sports Ethos League for next year, you can actually get on that list right now as well. Because I know some of you, your league's probably ended. You're just watching this show because you miss basketball already. Hit us up. Actually, you can do it in the chat room. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit us up in the chat room. If you're listening, hit us up on Twitter. I am at Dan Bespris, and I can link you up with Andre. Uh, we'll get you on the list for a Sports Ethos League. You can want to try a free Roto League next year. Just kind of get your feet wet on that front. Join a really competitive head-to-head league, whatever it might be. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll get you on the list there as well. Saturday. We already talked about Denver. The Knicks because they move into a pretty good schedule to start this week. Josh Hart just continues to be a knickerbocker revelation. No other huge surprises here. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein, probably a useful stream in a 3-4 and four stretch right now. Uh, Jalen Brunson's back, so quickly drops back into stream territory. And Quinton Grimes is a low-end stream. And I think that's all you really need to say about New York. Philly. Indiana. Indy's... Uh, Really weird right now. Um, Halliburton is out for likely at, at least one more ball game. I, I said when he was listed out for three or more, I figured that meant more. Uh, TJ McConnell had kind of a, a rickety game here, but even that was good enough. Six points, five boards, nine assists, two steals, two blocks. The five turnovers is the thing that had irritated me. Getting a lot of questions on who to add for Indiana. Roto side, Turner, Heald, and McConnell are the three guys I trust because they're not going to shoot 52% every ball game. Um, they were incredibly efficient. The free throw shooting was great. This was just a super high-scoring game where Philly was like, you know what, we're just going to outscore the crap out of you. Uh, and then the regulars still get garbage time because, like, who's left at this point? But head-to-head for Indy, there are a lot of options because they have a good schedule to start this week. That's a team that... Like, if you're getting off of someone in your league, that's a team to look at. Aaron Neesmith is a good head-to-head stream for the first six days this week. Andrew Nemhart, Jordan Wara, you could make an argument for all three of those guys on the head-to-head side. For Roto, uh, I know Neesmith's been running hot, but when his three-point shot cools off, the other stuff really isn't there to support it. And then as Philly goes, uh, DeAnthony Melton was someone we mentioned last week as a really good stream for Philly uh, when they started their six games in nine days stretch, if I'm remembering correctly. But what we needed was somebody to sit out for a game. And finally it happened here. Harden sat one out and Melton went crazy. Best line of the day, six out of 10 shooting, seven defensive stats. It was everything we wanted out of Melton. And now, you know, you've got him on your roster, presumably still, for a four-game week. So just ride it out and hope that, Someone sits at some point, and uh, you can maybe cash in again. Minnesota's a big piece of news that, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get to here until we got to their box score going backwards, but Anthony Edwards is a bit up in the air, actually. Um, 
so he he had this nasty ankle tweak back on I think that was Friday from remembering the days right. Yeah, that was that game in Chicago that went to one or two overtimes. And he was in a walking boot the next day, and it looked really awful. And then the day after that, they were like, oh, by the way, he's out of the walking boot now. And he's questionable. I don't think he plays in New York tonight. That feels like it would be way too fast to recover. But at the same time, teams are prone to do dumb stuff when their playoff lives are on the line. And for the Wolves, without Anthony Edwards, they're almost guaranteed to lose this ballgame to the Knicks. Because the Knicks have Jalen Brunson back. So they're efficient again. Uh, And the Wolves, yeah, I mean, they still got, like, Gobert, who's questionable with an ankle tweak of his own. They've got Mike Conley, who's played better lately, and Jaden McDaniels is fine. But that's not enough against the Knicks. They need somebody that can go get a bucket. They don't really have another guy without Cat and without Ant. I hope that cooler heads prevail and... um. They don't push him that hard. Maybe you get him back for Atlanta on Wednesday. Minnesota has three days off before a game in Golden State to finish the week. I think, if I was a betting man, I'd say Anthony Edwards is back for that game in Golden State on Sunday. So if you're, again, trying to grade this out in your mind, call it like a 1.5 game week for him. In the meantime, Conley's going to get to do a bunch. Slomo's going to get to do a bunch. We saw Torian Prince got the start, but he was horrible. Uh, I mean, this is a back-to-back off a double overtime game, so very few Wolves had anything left in the tank for it. If Gobert sits, Nas Reed could be interesting, but he's also questionable. You might see Minnesota just, like, take an L in one of these and try to get right for their next couple ball games, but um, the interesting thing about the Anthony Edwards injury is that it really only elevated players that were already being played to begin with. Sacramento, um, you know, they're they're waiting on Kevin Herter, who's questionable. Kessler Edwards got the start, but um, not surprisingly, you know, Malik Monk was the guy who picked up a lot of the extra playing time. Same with Terrence Davis. Well, those guys will probably be fighting for it. I would trust Monk more than Davis because he passes. Uh, But this is very much a... Kings have the back-to-back here. Wait on a herder status before doing anything today. But Monk, I think, makes sense as a play. Uh, I mean, because he he could still put up an okay line even if Herter came back for one of these two ball games. As far as Washington goes, there was no Kristaps Porzingis in this one. Usually that means a whole bunch of Daniel Gafford, but he picked up a truckload of fouls early and then just didn't really get to play the rest of the way. Wizards tried to go a little bit small. That didn't work so great. Um... If Porzingis has to miss any additional time, I'd feel pretty comfortable rolling Gafford because they're in Orlando next. That's you know that's not a team that's going to run Gafford ragged the way that the Kings can. But you obviously need to wait on the Porzingis news, which we likely won't get until tomorrow. I mean, this is a tough one. When KP's out, Gafford gets a bump, Avdia gets a bump. That's This is all stuff that we know from all season long. Memphis beat Golden State. Kevon Looney actually has lower back soreness. He might he might finally miss a ball game. I'll believe it when I see it, though. Uh, Draymond was back after his suspension, uh, but Jonathan Kaminga still got a whole bunch of playing time. He's a very interesting schedule play. I don't think I would go beyond that, but the Warriors have four games this week, so that's in the mix. Kevon Looney in four games is a schedule play. 
Uh, and then you guys know what to do with the regulars here. Thompson, DiVincenzo, Steph, uh, Draymond, those are guys you can start regardless of format. For Memphis, JJJ is questionable. He's got calf soreness. Um, Memphis has Dallas tonight. I would argue that's a relatively important game because the Grizzlies are tied with the Kings for the two. But also, JJJ is way more important than getting the two seed. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I really have no idea if he's going to play tonight. I really don't. If he sits, Santi Aldama would be a one-game... You know, that's a move you make for Roto because when you can pick up and add, pick up and drop guys without any consequence. Tyus Jones should have one, maybe two more great games here with no Ja Morant, but Ja is back with the team. He is now officially ramping up his conditioning. There is a hope that he could play for Memphis on Wednesday, but we won't know until we quite get there. Um, that's going to render a lot of stuff moot on this club because everybody that's been taking a crap ton of extra shots, they're going to have to give some of those up. Um... So at that point, then, Memphis, four-game week. Roto, your guys are, are JJJ if, if or when he plays. Tillman is playable. Bain, Jones until Ja comes back, and then obviously Ja Morant supplants him. On the head-to-head -head side, you sort of ride those same names, and then you'll probably have to move off of Tyus Jones, which is a shame because, you know, that like you don't want to have to use a move if you're not gaining games played. But if he goes back into, like, a 17-minute bench roll... You probably want to abandon ship on that. Head-to-head, um, -head, you could probably also go Dylan Brooks and just hope that it's not a horrible percentages week, but you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit there. Chicago, Alex Caruso cannot stay healthy. It's been kind of the story all season long. Uh, Patrick Beverly has actually been a play in all formats lately. Chicago's schedule, not bad. They got a four-gamer this week. You could probably make an argument for Pat Bev. Kobe White's had a couple of decent ones mixed in. Four-game week, uh, I mean, you got to be hunting points there. And then Patrick Williams, if you play him in a four-gamer, you're looking for defensive stats. Uh, of those, of all those fringier players, I think the only one that I would consider in Roto is Beverly, and that's kind of if you're hunting rebounds and defensive stats out of a guard spot. I don't know how they did it, but Utah beat Boston. Celtics have really tapered off after their incredible start to this year. They're 5-5 five and five their last 10. They've now fallen into a second-place tie in the Eastern Conference. The Sixers are threatening to pass them. Boston was, was coasting with that number one spot for a long time. Not anymore. Uh, Larry Markin is out for Utah, their first game this week, uh, which means that Kelly Olynyk is going to get a bump today. You'll probably see... Ochai Abaji slide up a slot and play at small forward. I, honestly, I you know your guess is as good as mine as who slides into the starting lineup. Um, maybe Fontecchio. Best guess. I don't think they'll move Chris Dunn in. I think they like him as the backup point guard, but I guess you never really know. Tht will get. He already took twenty shots. I hate his game from a roto standpoint. But if Markkinen sits, Taylor and Tucker, you're basically guaranteed 20 shots. And, and you know, he can do a lot of damage to your team with percentages, but that much usage, you kind of have to roll the dice on it. I still like Chris Dunn for Utah, uh, and then obviously Walker Kessler here as well. For Boston, I'm not going to deep dive it too much. Um, 
They were missing a Horford sat the back-to-back in Utah. Not a huge surprise there. I mean, this is a terrible scheduling spot for the Celtics. What was their previous game? The altitude back-to-back is always the roughest. Oh, yeah, out of Portland, too. Brutal, brutal back-to-back. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't sit their other stars. I mean, this is like the prototypical someone-could-get-hurt kind of back-to-back. But they went for it, and then they lost, and so that was, quote, the great Happy Gilmore. You talk about your all-time backfires. So expect the regulars to be back in for Boston here. Um, And then Robert Williams might actually be getting kind of close for the Celtics as well. They've got one more game on this road trip in Sacramento. So they head back to the West Coast. And then they come home for Indiana on Friday. I think you'll see Time Lord buy that home game. And we might even see him tomorrow. And if you do, I think you can add him. Because there are no back-to-backs this week. So I don't expect him to rest. Next week, there's a trouble spot there. And then in Roto, then, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's kind of a different monster. Uh, Let's quickly flip back to Friday. We'll play the... You know what? Nobody didn't play over the weekend. Remember I did that on the show last week? That's not true. There were a couple. There were the two teams that we talked about that jumped in late. Cleveland and Dallas were the two where I was like, hey, these are two teams that have a terrible schedule, and then they don't play the rest of this week. Charlotte also didn't play over the weekend. So we got to go back to Friday. Dan... Don't try to jump the gun, you jerk face. Um, Charlotte didn't play forever. What was their game? They had Philly before that? What am I looking at here? What did I screw up on the schedule? There we go. I got the wrong, got the wrong Friday pulled up on the screen. Charlotte becomes actually a really interesting team. Nick Richards is someone that I added in head-to-head for his four-game weeks. I don't think we see Mark Williams. I don't know if he's playing the rest of the year. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. in a four-game week. Gordon Hayward in a four-game week. P.J. Washington. All these guys had a, a possibility of being dropped. Oubre, obviously Rogier. A um, lot of players on Charlotte move back into a, a posture here with a four-game week. And then on the Roto side, you didn't drop a lot of those guys anyway, so that sort of doesn't change anything here or there. Uh, who else did I say? We need to get to Cleveland's most recent game. Karis LeVert is on a pretty good tear right now, but good news, bad news situation. Jared Allen is apparently close to his return. He might be back for the Cavs' next ball game, which I believe is tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow in Brooklyn. Uh, and then LeVert is going to lose some of his activity because uh, Allen coming back moves Mobley down to power forward, which moves Lamar Stevens and Isaac Okoro back into the same bucket, which pushes Karis LeVert down to a different bucket. And, you know, he's just not going to get as much playing time. It's been a nice run for him, though. This is one of the best runs of LeVert's career, especially when he's been asked to just be efficient and, you know, not go out there and go chuck crazy. Who's the other team? I already forgot who I said that didn't play in those last... Oh, Dallas, that's right. So Kyrie came back for the LA game. He's listed as questionable for their next one, but when you consider I had two games off between ball games, and everything is so critically important right now. The Mavs are the sixth seed, half game up on seven, one game up on eight, one and a half on nine, ten, and eleven. If he can play, he's going to play. Uh, Luka Doncic, the report this morning is that there is, quote, not that much optimism that he's going to go tonight. So you guys might have to be okay without Luka for one more ball game. I do think we get him this week. Maybe a home game against Golden State. That'd be on Wednesday. Then they got a two with Charlotte. Very winnable ball games. That's a home and home. Uh, so if Luka does sit out this ball game tonight, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is questionable with a non-COVID illness... 
Kyrie, Christian Wood. Who else do we trust? Josh Green? Eh. Reggie Bullock? Eh. I don't know. I'm not sure that I trust any of those other guys. Be very careful. Things can go sour real fast with those dudes that don't ever really have the ball in their hands and you're just like, come on, let this be the day where they take 11 three-pointers. It might not be that day. If it's not that day, then you're sitting on an egg. All right, streaming part of the show. Okay, we don't have that much time, but we're diving into it now. Schedule-wise, I mentioned on Friday, this is a really difficult week to front load. So, by all accounts, you guys were trying to front load this week. The Kings have the back-to-back, and the Knicks have three and four to start the week. But, as we talked about on Friday, I thought the best tool for this week was to try to get someone who has four games in six nights. Because then you don't have to worry about those roster slots until, uh, until later in the week. Makes sense, right? Simple stuff. Um see how big I can make this screen for the YouTubers and you guys can kind of follow along. Let's go a little bigger there. There we go. Um, So here's the thing. I know there's kind of like two cross sections of you that are are watching this streaming section right now. There's the cross section that was able to plan for this week because last week was either easy or you had a buy or something like that. And then there's the other portion of you that had to race to the finish line last week and are coming into this week with issues. For those of you that were able to front load this week, don't make a move today. You should have already set yourself up, whether it's guys that have four games in six days to start the week or three games in four days like New York or a back-to-back like Sacramento. You guys have an easy job right now. You shouldn't have to do anything on Monday. So this section of the show is really for the teams that had to battle their way through yesterday, through Sunday the 19th, and into this next playoff round. I had a team like that, actually. I had to battle my way to the end. I, because of that, came into this week with three Detroit Pistons. Oh, no. I know. It's not a great feeling. I immediately dumped two of them, which feels awful because, you know, you only have four moves in a given week, so to use half of them before your week even begins is, is like... It's soul-crushing stuff at this point. But you do what you have to do because in those instances, you're gaining multiple games played. I know what you're thinking. Dan, in the past, you've mentioned the possibility of letting that first game play out for a team that maybe goes on a Tuesday, like Detroit does, and then making your call after that. And to that I say, you're also right. But in my specific situation... One of the Pistons I had to move on from was Jalen Duran, who has probably a concussion. And frankly, I'd be surprised if he plays on Tuesday. And if I wait around to find out if he plays on Tuesday, I would have lost a chance at the players that I really wanted off the waiver wire. So there is a, you have to make your decision based on desire a little bit too. Where, sure, if I waited, I could have looked at uh, the Hawks, the Nets, uh, who the hell else has four games in six nights to end the week? The Thunder, the Spurs, and the Wizards. And so there are some choices there, but they're not great. 
especially when you consider the fact that a lot of Charlotte Hornets got dropped last week, and they don't have four games to start in six days. They have four games in seven days this week. But there were Hornets on the wire that I really wanted on my fantasy team. So for me to say, you know what? I'm not going to wait around to find out if Jalen Duran's playing tomorrow because even if he does, it's not like it's going to change the calculus very much when I could drop him and I picked up Nick Richards in his spot. So it's kind of a wash where Richards today versus Duran tomorrow, that's probably about the same fantasy line, maybe you know an extra block from Richards, an extra couple rebounds from Duran. But there's a 50-50 shot or worse that Duran sits tomorrow. And if I waited to find that out, and I wouldn't have been able to get four games out of Nick Richards. So I made the computation in my mind to say, I think Duran maybe plays one game. And if you want to be real friendly with the numbers, you say one and a half max. That's the, that's the number in your mind at this point, because I really don't think he's playing tomorrow. Versus four of Richards, that was an easy call. The other one for me was a tougher call. Uh, I went with, I had to drop Corey Joseph, who was actually really good for my fantasy team last week, but I'm playing against a team that is almost definitely going to run me in points and threes uh, and probably assists. So there wasn't really a point in holding on to Joseph when the categories that I felt like I needed to attack were other ones. Like, I think I need to do better in rebounds. I think I need to do better in defensive stats. Um... I think three-pointers are probably lost, so I can attack someone who maybe doesn't need, uh, who doesn't provide those stats. So in a perfect world, yeah, I probably would have only used one, and I would have let Joseph play tomorrow. But in this case, I thought, you know what? There's a player who's going today and also has three games after that, where I get the four games out of the guy I'm picking up versus one of Corey Joseph and three of someone else because the guy I'm picking up just fit my team better. But do not, under any circumstance, use more than two moves today in a four-game week, even if you have a bunch of guys you need to abandon ship on. And for me, the thing that's holding me back, I have Kata Bates-Jop on that team, and I want so badly to get rid of him because I have no idea what the hell his week is going to look like. But if he plays in a portion of San Antonio's back-to-back on Tuesday-Wednesday, it's probably about the same as me getting someone who has, you know, one game, maybe one, like 1.3 games over that span that I could find on the waiver wire. So yes, if I had more roster moves to use this week, I would have moved on from Bates' job, even though he has a four-game week, because I think his minutes count this week probably more closely resembles like a two and a half to three range, 2.75. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I could switch him for a guy who also has four games who's more like four full games of play and I gain 1.25 or 1.5 or something like that, but I just can't. I need to hold on to roster moves because if someone on my team gets hurt and I go from a 0 to a 4, that's a much bigger deal. Gaining 3 games or 4 games by getting off an injured player is more important than getting off of a bad, not horrible schedule play like a Bates Drop or like a San Antonio Spur. So that's that's the call right now. And that's kind of where you're at with the schedule stream today because, again, it's not a really easy week to front load. There are uh, a lot of schedules that are kind of spaced out throughout the week. You're going to be moving on players towards the end of the week that are probably based more on what categories you're attacking as opposed to who gets the most games played, which is, again, why 
today, tomorrow, Wednesday, you probably will use maybe a few more moves than usual. Maybe use three out of your four in the first three days this week. Save the last one for an injury because you won't have the opportunity to gain two games by making a move super late in the week. But for like uh, Denver, but you know they're a two-gamer. Miami's a two-gamer. Uh, Detroit is a two-gamer. Those are the ones where you're looking at your calendar and you're like, okay, I probably need to do this stuff early in the week. Late in the week, New York has a bad schedule. They don't play Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, Minnesota is off Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and those are really the only two teams that have a three-game gap at any point this week. And there you go. You're all set for your next playoff week, I guess. Thanks for listening, everybody. Recorded, folks. Again, come join us on YouTube.com slash Sports Ethos for the next one. Drop a five-star if you want to hang out on the recorded side forever. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespers, if you want to come join us here at Sports Ethos, or if you want to be in some of our leagues next year. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm out. So long, everybody.